Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, we come back to the last verse of 2 Corinthians, namely chapter 13 and verse 14, Paul's closing verse, Paul's last written word to the Corinthian church, and the benediction that closes this wonderful and instructive epistle. And we started talking about the benediction on the broadcast yesterday, no, on Friday, no, yeah, yesterday, <laughs> got to figure out where I am here. And we will continue talking about it on today's broadcast, which is Wednesday. So, we are looking forward to that. Here's what it says. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. On the broadcast yesterday, we made note of the fact that this is a Trinitarian benediction. Most of them don't have have that reference to the Trinity, but some of them do. Paul has 13 epistles. All of them have a benediction, a closing blessing, but they are of different lengths. Though the format is similar, they are of different lengths, and there are several that fall into the category of very short, and then there are others that fall into the category of mid-sized, and then there are two or three that fall into the category of lengthy, and this is one of the lengthy ones. In fact, it is the lengthiest one. And it begins by mentioning the triunity of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So here is yet another place where the Bible teaches the doctrine we call the doctrine of the Trinity, even though that term, Trinity, is not used. How can you escape it? How can you escape it just looking at this benediction? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. There is the triune Godhead. There are the three persons of the Godhead, all bestowing something upon the Corinthian believers according to this benediction, this spoken closing blessing that Paul speaks to this church as he closes out this epistle. But there's more, and so thank you for joining us on this Wednesday, January 17, and thank you so much for helping us with the cost of maintaining the Beacon broadcast on this and other stations. Well, let me point out that though this is a reference to the Trinity, it is not in the order that we normally think of it. Normally, when we think of the Trinity, we almost always, at least I do, almost always think in terms of number one, Father, number two, Son, number three, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Or, if you use the old King James, Holy Ghost. Those are the three members of the Trinity, and that's the order in which we generally speak of them. And that would be correct 
if we are thinking in terms of their of their ad, ad, administrative order. The father is the one who administrates and the son is the one who carries out the work of redemption, has already carried out the work of, of the atoning sacrifice upon the cross. And then the Holy Spirit is the one who applies that work of redemption to the hearts of God's people. But this benediction, interestingly, speaks of all members of the triune Godhead, but not in the order that we normally speak, think of it. It starts with the Son, moves to the Father, and then concludes with the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. I don't know how much to make of that change in order, except to say clearly, the normal order is not the prescribed order, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The normal order is not the correct order, because there is not really a correct order. And how could there be if, in fact, as we believe, the Bible teaches that all three members of the triune Godhead are co-equal in every way, in glory and power, and it's not three gods, it's one God. It's not the senior God and the junior God and then another even lesser God, not at all. All three are co-equal, all three are completely and fully God, whatever God is. All of the characteristics, all of the attributes of God, which are vast, whole volumes are written just on the characteristics of God, the attributes of God. I mean, multiple volumes to describe just the attributes of God. So, God is is vast, and, and I don't think anybody, no, no matter how many volumes they've written, I don't think anybody has plummeted the depth of all that God is. I don't think human mind has understood all of who God is. I don't think God has revealed all of himself to humanity. But what we believe is that every person of the triune Godhead, a one God in three persons, and existing eternally in three persons, and every person of the triune Godhead has all of the attributes of every other person. So, in that sense, they are co-equal in every way, in which case, maybe it's good to be reminded sometimes that there is not a prescribed order. Though we normally say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in that order, it is just as appropriate, as Paul does here, to say Son and Father and Holy Spirit and it would evidently also be appropriate, though I don't know that I would find that I can find an example of this in the Bible, but it evidently, by logical extension, would be just as appropriate to say, Holy Spirit, Son, and Father. They are all equal in every way, and I think that's what this order would indicate. But now let's look at the words that are attached to each one. Grace, love, and communion the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Grace, love, and communion, or fellowship, is what that word means. 
fellowship with the Holy Spirit or fellowship enabled by the Holy Spirit? Well, and, and this is something that Bible students might debate among themselves. I don't know that it makes a great deal of difference, but I don't have any difficulty believing that we have communion with all three because all three are co-equal. Even though they have different administrative assignments in the work of redemption, nevertheless, when we commune with the Father, we don't have any difficulty thinking of that, nor do we have difficulty thinking of communing with the Son. In fact, that's who we normally think of communing with. But it is also true that we commune with the Holy Spirit. And in this particular text, communion is attached to the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that doesn't need to be explained. We have no difficulty ascribing grace to the one who laid down his life upon the cross for our sins. That is grace. So the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, we have no difficulty attaching love to God the Father, though we also would have no difficulty attaching love to God the Son, and should have no difficulty attaching love to the Holy Spirit. But we love to, to think about, to sing about, to meditate upon the love of God is greater far. And, of course, we read in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And so many times when you do find that word God in the Bible, it is referring to God the Father. And in this case, that's obvious. It can't be referring to the triune God or is not as, as likely to be referring to the triune God because the Father gave the Son. And so God so loved the world, there's love attached to the Father, that he gave his only begotten Son. That is an act of indescribable love. But, of course, it's an, an act of indescribable love that the Son was willing to be given, that the Son was willing to come, that the Son was willing to become a man for more than 30 years, that the Son was willing to die upon the cross. That's love. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. So, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, let's revel in that. The love of God, yes, let's revel in that. The fellowship or communion of the Holy Spirit, yes, let's revel in that. And recognize that this applies to every born-again member of the Corinthian church, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, <laughs> Paul writes to the church. Now, he's been pretty hard on some of the members of the church who had areas of their life that needed to be corrected. Paul warns them that if they don't get things right, then he's going to come and visit them, and he's going to deal with them. And if he has to come and deal with them because they haven't dealt with these matters themselves, as they were instructed to do, then that is not going to be a pleasant time. That's going to be the apostle, as it were, spanking some of his wayward children. But they are children nonetheless, aren't they? And so this applies to everyone. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. And the love of God the Father be with all of you. And the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Someone has said that Paul must have been a Southerner. He said, 
the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Y'all. Amen. I have no difficulty with that. You find that actually quite a bit, that, that exact wording from the Apostle Paul. But the point here is that this benediction, which is a blessing, a divine blessing that is bestowed upon those who are the recipients of God's loving grace, this blessing, this benediction, is inclusive in its application. It applies to every born-again member of the Corinthian church. It applies to every born-again child of God. It applies to you if you are a born-again child of God. It applies to me as a born-again child of God. It applies to every true child of God wonderful to think about this. What a fitting benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that's a good note to close on. And so it concludes with that term, Amen. Let it be. So it stands. The benediction has been pronounced. The benediction has been applied. The benediction has been given. Paul the Apostle is a conduit and a spokesman for Almighty God to communicate this benediction to the people of God. So it has been bestowed. Now receive it. Believe it. Refresh your soul with it. Be encouraged by it. Be blessed by this pronouncement of God's blessing upon his dear children. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace. Amazing grace.